0: Need a fun summer read? The Sweeney Sisters by Leanne Dolan is out in paperback
1: now. Lian Dolan? I hear she's great. In fact, bestselling author Susan Wiggs calls The Sweeney Sisters, quote, a story to savor and share. But we call it, quote, a thinly veiled tale of our childhood. <laughs> Judge
0: for yourselves. The Sweeney Sisters is available in paperback and all formats at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your indie bookstore.
1: You know, Jewel, it would also make a great hostess gift for everyone you're visiting this summer. Mm. You're listening to Satellite
0: Sisters. What's a satellite sister?
1: The person you call when the best thing in your life happens
2: or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a
1: while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood.
2: You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer, and we are open for business in Cali. Hey, Liz. <laughs> Feels good, doesn't I'm it?
1: Feeling it here, Leanne. I mean, I don't get out that much, but I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Yeah, as Leanne said, like all of our rules change today. Um, it's it, It's feeling like It's feeling like the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning or the anyway, it feels great. Feels great. (laughs) It does feel good. It feels good. good. Well, hi there. I'm Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas.
0: We've been open for a while. So I, my advice to my uh, um, younger sisters would be just take it slow girls. Okay. Don't don't rush out. You know, you may, you may be a little wobbly in some (laughs) situations. (laughs)
1: Yes. In in my case, literally. Right. Okay.
0: Okay. Sorry, Liz.
1: (laughs)
2: All right. Today on the show, we're so excited to talk to author Stephen Rowley. His new book is The Gunkle, and it's just super funny and warm and touching. And it's our Father's Day special because uh, the book is about uh, an uncle who gets um, sort of custody of his young uh, young niece and nephew, and there's a lot of great parenting. Actually, there's some bad parenting, but funny lines in the <laughs> book. So we're looking forward to talking to Stephen. He also is a caftan expert. So I'll oh, just wow. say that word. Okay. Last, yeah. I promise we're not going to talk about caftans all summer. One more show. <laughs> uh, uh, Julie. I can't tell you how excited we are for the chip quiz. What <laughs> quiz?
0: It's happening. We're going to do a chip quiz, and we're going to introduce some intriguing new arrivals in the snack aisle that you can be looking for. Okay, <laughs> okay,
2: okay. I mean, breaking snack news. That's we're always here for it. Uh, today, our entertaining sisters is pretty much an Olympic trial special, and the mm-hmm. Olympics, and mm-hmm. a couple of other things. Liz, you're going to give us some details on what's coming up this week. You've been working on that professionally. You won't yeah. be.
1: You're not competing this year,
2: but I am you not are competing. viewing. No, you're going to no. be
1: viewing. And I just got to say, you can't just start watching the Olympics, Leanne. You have to be in training, which means watching the Olympic trials. That's my attitude. It's a good point. Okay. Yeah, And okay. that's right now. Swimming is on, <laughs> and I'll talk to you about track and field, which is starting. Okay. And we have
2: our own satellite sister Olympian, which is exciting. A S- member of the Satellite Sister family qualified for the Olympics last next qualified for the Olympics last week. So we're gonna tell you all about her. We're gonna be talking to her. We're gonna give you her sport at the end of the show. Oh. Um, and we have a special um contest ha- starting right now for the Sweeney sisters. I'm gonna tell you all about that. That's uh, but first, you know what? Big Big congratulations to all of the graduates in 2021. I am really, really enjoying seeing all the photos on social media of your eighth grade graduates, your sixth grade graduates, your kindergarten graduates, your high school graduates, and your college graduates. I am so happy that these 2021 grads are getting their moment. Mm -hmm. I I really am.
0: I I mean, it was so hard not to have the moment. You had a 2020 grad and you know, that was a big bummer. So um, it is really exciting to see so many happy families being able to gather however they can, wherever they are in the states, you know, there are different rules in different places, but everybody looks happy, right? Yeah, even if it's a
2: virtual ceremony, they're managing to make it an event. And last year, we just didn't have that opportunity. So I'm happy to see that.
1: Yeah. We've got a great thread going in the Facebook group of everyone's grad photos. So please put yours there. We just, I, get, I, I mean, it's always emotional to see these this time of year, but I think this year it's particularly emotional.
2: Oh, okay. for sure. I mean, okay. as you said, my son Colin graduated in 2020 and, you know, it did affect him not to have mm-hmm. a college graduation. And I've talked to the parents of a lot of other 2020 grads. It's just... You know, last year people downplayed it because so many other hard things were going on. It was like, what's the big deal? But it's a launch, you know? Graduations are a launch to the next stage. And without that launch... I just feel like they just didn't get that little push in their moment. So I'm happy yeah. to see that these 2021 20, grads, they have had a long call to get to where they're at, you know, basically a year and a half away from their peers, away from their campuses. I'm glad they are getting a moment to come together and then to be launched into, um, into a brave new world. So mm-hmm. congratulations, grads. Okay. Yeah, Post those photos over there at the Facebook group. We'd love to see them.
0: All right. Well, I was able to get together with some of my uh, college girlfriends. You know, we refer to ourselves as the Aging Models Society. Um, And this is at a a home of one of my friends near Newport, Rhode Island. And, you know, we we generally like to talk a lot with a few activities. And one of the activities that we did was we took a sunset cruise on the Narragansett Bay. I mean, Newport, Newport Harbor is really nice, you know. So it was a beautiful night. It was in the 70s. There was light wind. And we were in the good hands of our skipper, Captain Emma. So Emma did all the sailing. We just sat on the boat and ate cheese and crackers and drank wine. So that was really, we were enjoying ourselves. And we passed, there were a lot of people out in the harbor. And we passed another group of women. It was a bachelorette party. And we could tell because one of the women was wearing a white veil. And they passed us in the bay. And we waved at them. And then my friend Sarah said, She yelled over to them. She said, This is what you look like in 40 years. (laughs) And they laughed, and we laughed, and it just, it made me, that moment, it just made me think about the enduring power of female friendship. I mean, I, you know, I've bonded with my friends for after, for a lifetime of experiences, go to them for support, and it seemed even more precious this year after COVID to be able to hug each other and give each other a kiss on the cheek. And this other group of women, they're just starting out. But what I have to say is all hail girlfriends. You
1: know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, Julie, because you know every week I've been doing my little victories since I broke my leg and my knee at the beginning of the year. Um, I'm climbing back. I'm getting there. It's an upward trajectory and I have to celebrate the little victories. But this week, my little victory is really a big victory because Last Sunday, I went out for a purely social event. There was no medical intervention involved at all. Uh, I met five. I, five of us met for lunch. So five girlfriends met for lunch, had a delightful al fresco lunch, and then went to see In the Heights together. So just having lunch and going to the movies on a Sunday afternoon, it, you know, hashtag little victories. But it felt very, very big. And I think we were all very kind of emotional about it. Like, does this mean we survived? You yeah. Right. Does it, right. You kind of think about that. Does this mean we, we got through it? And everyone has had losses in their own way. Um, but there we were, the five of us together, and we just had a fantastic time.
2: So good. Was- I love it. That's, yeah. uh, that's important, Liz. As much as, you know, doing all your rehab is important, your emotional rehab is important too. Oh, so no good. kidding. Yes,
1: yes. My mental health. um, It needs a little bit of a pick me up. And this was a this was a huge pick me up. So okay, so now I've given myself a new job here at Satellite Sisters, which um, I'm going to be running the freak accident desk. uh, Because (laughs) When you you see, having suffered from a freak accident and having like a not very interesting story to tell about it, you know, thank you for everyone who has altered your gas station behavior by not stepping over hoses in my honor. There are some really great freak accidents that make their way into the, uh, into the news. And there was a fantastic one this weekend. You probably saw it, but I'm going to review it just because there are some great details. And it was sisters, the guy who got swallowed by the whale. Did you happen to I I saw that
0: headline, but I was too busy talking with my friends to drill down on any of the details. Is
1: that really true? Uh, Yeah, I
2: couldn't even. Like, Julie with the aliens, I'm like, I can't deal with that guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, see, now, because there's so much, like, internet fraud, you see a headline like that and you think, well, that can't possibly really have happened. Right. That a humpback whale swallowed this guy and then spit him out alive. It mean, seems like, like a
0: stunt. Sheila would have called it a big
1: yeah, stunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a stu- major stunt alert. But then I dug into it a little bit because I am a freak accident specialist now. I feel like I need to understand, could this possibly have happened? And I have right before me the lengthy Washington Post piece about how it happened and who this guy is. And this is the real deal. This guy actually got swallowed by a whale and spit out alive. So his, <laughs> his name is Michael Packard. He's a lobster diver. He was off the coast of Cape Cod. And he was with his buddy. But at that point, he had already caught 100 pounds of lobster. But you know, he's a diver. He goes down. Um, and his buddy's name, hang on, I have the whole thing here. The, the name of their boat is the J&J. Um, his buddy's last name is Mayo. Uh, the J&J, after after his 12 and 16-year-old sons. So these guys have worked together for 15 years. They fished for lobster, bluefin tuna, mackerel. Anyway, so at 8 a.m., he's 45 feet deep, which is deep, you know, if you're you're scuba diving. Um, He was almost at the ocean floor when he said, quote, felt this truck hit me and everything went dark. And I could just feel hard stuff all around me. Well, that is a bad feeling, you know, in your, like, what does that even mean? So his first instinct was that he had been um, eaten by a great white shark, because as we've reported in the past on Satellite Sisters, there are a lot of great whites off the coast of Cape Cod now. Mm -hmm. We don't know how that happened. Was he
0: in pain at this point, Liz?
1: Not yet, Julie, but he said, he said, so he got swallowed. um, He thought it was a, a white, And then he's like, but I don't feel any teeth. And that's when he figured out he was in the mouth of a whale and the whale had his mouth shut. So he was dropped inside the mouth of a whale.
0: So Did he light a little candle like they did in (laughs) the Disney movie?
1: In Nemo, I was going to say, this sounds like a (laughs) Disney movie. (laughs) He said he feels the whale swimming and he's like, this is how you're going to go, Michael. This is how you're going to die, in the mouth of a whale. <laughs> so, you can just, so he's in there for 30 or 40 seconds. He's twisting. He's turning. He said there was agonizing pressure on his legs because, you know, he's you're, you're sort of stuffed in, in the mouth of a whale. Mm. And whales shake their heads back and forth a lot. So 30 or 40 seconds of that must have felt like an eternity. Then all of a sudden there was light. And he said, I just got thrown out of his mouth into the water, there was white water everywhere. I was just laying on the surface floating and I saw his tail and he went back down and that was it. I was like, oh my God, I survived. Which I think we all know we all know that feeling. So then his buddy and another guy who was fishing nearby, they pulled him out of the water. They said he was calm and fully cognizant, but that he, he told both of the men he thought both of his legs were broken. So obviously that got my attention. And they were also worried that because he had come up so fast from 45 feet under that he might have an embolism, which is, you know, not safe in diving. So anyway, they get an ambulance. They go, they go to the hospital. The people in the hospital cannot believe it. Uh, he, he told them I got stuck in a whale's mouth. <laughs> and, then, oh and, he said, and he said, all the nurses and the doctors at the hospital came to see me and asked me about it. And one nurse came in with a notepad and she asked me for lottery numbers because <laughs> <laughs> anyway turns out believe it or not and I'm not bitter about this uh he has no broken bones uh oh my no, gosh. no sign of an embolism his legs were badly bruised and he had a dislocated knee so okay I feel your pain but he went home the same day after being swallowed mm-hmm. by a whale. So, um,
0: I That's just an think, incredible story. Yeah. 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 It's just, I mean, there's no way of verifying it. I mean, are there, well, no, people
1: saw it, Julie, witnesses. people saw him yeah. come flying out of the, okay. the whale's mouth. So, but one of the most amazing things besides obviously that his legs didn't break, uh, is that, um, he's almost died three previous times. They have like a list in the story of the other times where he's like, barely cheated death including he almost died in a plane crash in costa rica uh in uh, let's see 2001 so anyway this guy he he should give up the lottery numbers because he's got something good going on he should uh um he should sort of follow that and anyway i i love everything about this story i'm i'm happy for him there were no broken bones and i think he should be like the patron saint of freak accidents now for me, anyway. <laughs> okay. for me. Yes.
2: Wow. That was dramatic, Liz. Thank you. That's this great. is a good new feature. I enjoy it. I you. I,
0: I, I can see that your bulletin board in your office, you could just have <laughs> the chronicling pictures of freak accidents. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, you might've worked up quite an appetite, you know, because now it is time for our chip quiz. Okay. Yes. It's summertime. It's time to flip your chip, okay? You, uh, we we we're giving up. We're we're never giving up snacking, are we? But no. we're going to flip our chips for healthier alternatives. At this <laughs> well, we are. Yes, well, we, we, are. Are. we okay. have four categories in our quiz, okay? okay. And I want to thank the AARP for this. This was in their magazine, the little chip <laughs> quiz. Well, they didn't call it a quiz, but we made it into a quiz because we like to compete. So uh-huh. here are your categories, sisters. There's okay. the corn chips, the puff cheese snacks. Potato chips and tortilla chips. Okay. Uh, Liz, let's start with you. What, ca- what, what category would you like to buzz in on?
1: I'm uh, um, a buzz tortilla chips, please, Julie, for a thousand or whatever the max is.
0: A <laughs> thousand. Okay. Because this is what you're putting in your pack. So if you like tortilla chips, mm-hmm. okay, if that's what you want. They suggest that you switch to lentil chips. Have you ever tried those? Or how no. about beanfield black bean chips with sea salt?
1: Mm. Well, that sounds good, but all right, Beanfield, all right. is, is Beanfield a brand, or is it? Yes, a, this is oh, a brand,
0: Beanfield okay. Black Bean with sea salt, okay, Okay. That's what you look for. And then Liz, uh, you can look for this other kind of chip, it has the worst name ever, so I'm just going to say it, these are five words, everybody eats snack thins, that's the name of the product, okay, everybody eats snack oh. thins, every okay. one word, body is a second word, and that comes in different flavors. It has pumpkin okay. flavors you might like, but that's what you should go for. So flip your twi- uh, your chip there. Okay, okay. I'm flipping Leanne, my chip. Leanne, Leanne c- categories left. We got corn chips. We've got puff cheese snacks and potato chips. Pick your chip. Pick chips, uh, potato,
2: potato chips. Potato,
0: potato chips. chips. I know you like that. Oh, okay. You are going to love this. Here's what you should flip your chips for. <laughs> the Bada Bean Bada Boom uh, chip. Okay. <laughs> wow, bada these are, bean. that's... A
2: lot bada. of puns. A lot of puns working on these names. Can't okay. stand it.
0: Okay. But Leanne, it's only 100 cal- cal- calories. It's got seven grams of protein and five grams of fiber. Okay. So look for that. Bada beam, bada boom. Or perhaps I thought this would be one that you might like, the pulp pantry pulp chips. And these are Pressed celery. You've got to
1: be making these up. No, think- I am
0: not. These are their names: pulp okay. pantry, pulp chips, and these are pressed celery and kale pulp, and they bake into an impressive five grams of fiber per serving.
1: Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, get
0: that- it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't want that.
1: Okay, I mean, well- the, I, I, there got to be tastier ways to get your fiber than that. But <laughs> kale pulp the kale pulp. Okay. We I didn't expect you to reject the
0: quiz. Okay, we'll go on to the final two categories. Okay. Toss up, Liz, you can whoever buzzes in first. We have corn okay. chips, if that's your favorite or puff cheese snacks.
1: Mm. Go ahead. Who's going to buzz? I, I say puff cheese snacks because okay. we had that okay. delightful Hot Cheetos discussion a few weeks ago. Okay, so. okay. This is a blend of
0: legumes that has five grams of fiber, four grams of protein per bag. And these are called peatos, P-E-A-T capital
1: T-O-S. Okay. Instead (laughs) of, so it's a Cheetos pun. Okay, fine. It's a long way to go for that. Is Is it made out of peat moss or what is it? (laughs) Or peas? Is it some kind of pea protein?
0: It's... uh, it's that's what it is. It's a blend of leg- legumes. I said that already. <laughs> okay, listening. Okay, okay. For that, I'm never
1: really clear what a legume is, but okay, okay. it includes peas. And, it's fine.
0: And for that, for that back talk, you are not going to find out the uh, uh, second choice. I'm going right to the third choice <laughs> in the puff cheese flip your chip category, and that would be hippies. Hippies. Okay. okay. H i p
1: p e s. I have seen those packages in the store. It's very cute packaging, but I don't know what it is. You should
0: try that, Lynn. It's uh, Liz. It's chickpea flour
1: and grams
0: of protein. Hippies. Okay. okay. So pitos or hippies for you, Liz, (laughs) Liz, Lynn. That leaves you with the corn chips. Sure. Okay. Okay. So you don't. uh, How do you feel about kelp? Can I ask before I? um, uh, I feel
2: it's very salty, and I enjoy salt.
0: Okay, then you're (laughs) going to like. All right, here's another wild tide.
1: You're going to like kelpies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called 12 Tides Puffed Kelp Chips. Okay, sea-salted okay. seaweed, and it's sustainably and iron-rich.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Our, okay. oh, here's the other good one that I think you're going to like if you like corn chips, which, who doesn't like corn chips? It's called Real Food from the Ground Up Ca- Calif- Cauliflower S- Stalks.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> what? cauliflower wet stalks?
0: stalks yeah they're like little things okay maybe we should just go to the third one i'm gonna try to really oh because i know i think you like beets don't you like beets no
1: no not okay. me oh, that's liz no but maybe Liam does
0: Liam, this is still in the corn. your category Sure. Co-
1: yes i like beets julie oh. yes go ahead
0: <laughs> okay these are made of beets corn and various seeds and these crackers mimic the texture of tortilla chips. I, okay, so they are called R.W. Garcia Street Beet Crackers.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, beet Ooh. crackers is easier to remember anyway.
0: Okay, I can tell that none of you, the, the two of <laughs> you, are not going to flip your chips. You're going to stay with your old tortilla chips, potato chips, puff cheese Snacks and corn chips. Okay. Well, here's
1: the thing about chips, Julie. I feel like when you decide to go for chips, it's a it's a rare occasion, and you don't care so much about how many grams of fiber are in it. You just want right. a salty, tasty snack. So, you know, um, what if there was a healthier alternative? I mean,
0: okay, you know, all right, just try it. I think Liz, I think you should try the bean Beanfields black bean with okay. sea salt. Sure. Okay. And and uh, and Leon, I think you should try the Twelve Tides pulp. Ca- kelp. And chip. Okay. <laughs> okay. I say these. And here's the thing. I know they sell this stuff in Southern California. Oh my okay. God. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. I
1: know. This is you- a whole aisle. Yeah. 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 Chip alternatives is an aisle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I just suggest Julie that maybe the AARP magazine. Mm, <laughs> is <coughs> You know, I, I'm not okay, sure you're, you're mocking
0: gonna- it, Liz. Okay. there. I, I, I'm telling you, this is also supported by uh, uh, Weight Watchers or WW as it's now called. No. It has a new name, okay. to, a new groovy name. Okay. All right.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. I, this is not what I thought the chip quiz was going to be, but that's okay. <laughs> okay.
0: What did you think? You had core categories. You had choices. I thought okay. it was a quick quiz. Okay. Well, I did quiz you on what you yes. would want, and you yes. were and you were no. both. No, Leon. With-
1: Leon is objecting to getting advice from the AARP. <laughs> She's just not ready for that yet, Julie. I, okay, I, as the I younger sister. Any,
2: yeah, I don't have any problem with that. I, I, you know, here's the thing about chips for me. Like, I, I don't need more chips in my life. I need less <laughs> chips. You know, I. If I start eating healthy chips, I'll eat them every day. And as list said that's you can't. That's not yeah. so good. So. Yeah. Okay, But I, I understand the point. If you're going to reach for a chip, make it healthier. Sure. That's sure. I just worry me, I would eat the whole bag. And then, then what do you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of fiber. It's a lot. It's a lot of fiber. <laughs> okay, we have to move on because we yeah. have an excellent guest coming up. Stephen Rowley is here. He's the author of a wonderful new book called The Gunkle, and we're going to talk to him about that and about caftans, so stay tuned. But first, we have to thank a couple of sponsors. We want to thank ButcherBox for being a sponsor of Satellite Sisters and a sponsor for a long time. We appreciate that kind of support. And listeners, if you love Satellite Sisters, we really believe you're going to love ButcherBox, where you can get incredible deals on premium cuts of beef. And deals this good are hard to come by even at the grocery store. All right, what we love about ButcherBox? Convenience. High-quality meat and seafood you can trust that shows up right at your doorstep with free shipping always, and you can curate that customized box plan. And you know who this is perfect for, Jewel? No, laying what? The meal preppers in your life. Okay, meal prepping now is being taken to a whole new level. We used to just think of it as making a few things on Sunday, but no, people are on top of it. They are planning out their meals for the week, and ButcherBox is designed for this. It's perfect. You get these proportioned, you know, high-quality meat servings that come right in. It's right in your freezer. You can look ahead for the week ahead and go, okay, I've got chicken, I've got the salmon, I've got the scallops, or I've got steak tips. Fantastic. My week is done. So if you're a meal prepper, you're getting organized with your meals this week, Butcher Box is for you. I absolutely love the quality. This is exactly how I plan my meals. Looking in my freezer, what do I have? Let's go. So we want to tell you, Satellite Sisters, about a great deal. The key to becoming a meal prep master? Stay stocked up on the essentials. ButcherBox is here to help you do just that. They're offering Satellite Sisters listeners their choice of a weeknight meal must-have. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips. For free in every order for a whole year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com sisters and use code sisters to choose your free offer and get $20 off. That's right. ButcherBox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. We are so excited to welcome Stephen Rowley to Satellite Sisters. Oh, I just love Stephen's writing and I'm very excited to talk to him about his new book, The Gunkel. He's the author of Lily and the Octopus and The Editor, which is one of my favorite books of 2019. His new novel, The Gunkle*, manages to be both hilarious and heartfelt. It will make you laugh and cry and, and enjoy a mixed drink. So Stephen, thanks for being on
3: Satellite Sisters. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And if you want to pause right here and fix yourself that drink, I'll, I will happily wait.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so The Gunkel is this story of a gay man who lives in Palm Springs, and he winds up, I won't go into details because we want people to buy the book, um, being in charge of his niece and nephew for the summer after a really tragic set of circumstances for them. But it it's a very personal story and I know it's fiction. I know that, but what inspired it? Was it from your own life or something, something that you went through?
3: Yeah, it was actually a combination of a a couple of things lining up, uh, sort of overlapping together. One is, um, you know, I do personally live in Palm Springs and I am the gunkle uh, and perhaps we should start there actually. If there's anyone listening who is not familiar with the term gunkle, um, it has become quite popular slang in the past five or 10 years for a gay uncle and and usually has a sort of a a larger than life character kind of connotation to it all of an anti mame. So I do have five young, <laughs> five, or uncle, uncle Mame, as you will.
0: I, uh, I like that.
3: Yeah, I do have five uh, nieces and nephews, all under the age of twelve. So they're they're young, and they they visit me uh, here in in Palm Springs where I live. And you know they don't quite have a grip on my life. They're they all live back on the East Coast. They, they know I have a swimming pool, which they quite like. Um, I don't go to an office the way they see other adults um, you know there's there's something about there's something slightly Peter Panish perhaps about my my life too that they don't quite have a grip on but so you know I'm this sort of mysterious uncle in the desert um, so absolutely drew on on personal inspiration there. Um, two, I have had a long fascination with Auntie Mame um, and <laughs> huh. Mary Poppins and okay. Maria from The Sound of Music. You know all these sort of magical caretaker stories where you know uh, someone blows in on the wind just when the kids need the most, and and uh, are able to sort of drop some wisdom uh, before moving on. And and then third, you know, I I so the story sort of came about, you know, from a combination of those things and my personal experience, and I was. Picturing it as a very light comedic novel, like the mm-hmm. 1955 novel version of, of Auntie Mame was. But early in my writing process, I lost one of my best friends from college to breast cancer. And oh. she left behind a Sorry. six-year-old son. Oh yeah. And so that you know, tragedy got me thinking much more seriously about grief in children. And suddenly, suddenly, my light comedic novel was not so light uh but hopefully it's still uh very funny but it but it treats grief in a very serious way
2: it does that was really my next question it's this really unusual combination of you know laugh out loud super sharp humor and then really you know a really wonderful meditation on grief was it hard to walk that line let me ask did your editor was anyone in your publishing house concerned like oh no this isn't what we wanted Or did you uh, (laughs) have rewriting? No, no, no. We just want the gunkle. That's what we want. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I think the book is all the stronger for it. So I I didn't get pushback from the publisher per se, but isn't that, you know, how art works? You know, life intervenes sometimes. And, you know, the world has changed, you know, in the intervening 15 months since Mm -hmm. I sort of. You know, finished the first draft of this book, and so you know, it's kind of ironic that I was choosing to write about a character who was living a very reclusive lifestyle in Palm Springs. It it centers around Patrick O'Hara, who is a retired television star, living in Palm Springs, sort of self isolating from the world, dealing with his own grief, when a fresh tragedy strikes, and he he takes in his niece and nephew for the summer, and it sort of brings about this he- season of healing for all three. But how lovely that that this is a book about a character who has been uh, isolated finding his way back to the light. And in this moment now, sort of post-vaccines and we're all sort of coming out of our hiding, um, you know, it's sort of fortuitously timed in a, in a really lovely way
2: it's uh, that's absolutely true yeah i'm wondering you've been out doing a lot of um virtual events what have people told you after they've read the book i mean it's been getting great reviews i wasn't the only one that discovered it even though
3: i thought i was uh oh they absolutely get it and i've been overwhelmed by the response to this book i've never had such an immediate embrace right out of the gate and there is something about um the way I think, you know, we've all been sort of low key grieving, uh, the past year and a half or so we've all had the, you know, sort of maybe a, perhaps a low grade depression. So, so, so reading a story that addresses that, but is also joyous and so full of humor and embracing life, um, has been, uh, I think, you know, the, the right book in the right moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Stephen, this is Liz and, you know, I, Leon and Julie and I were talking about this before you came on. I felt like the gr- there's something about the way you capture the grief that was so real to me, because you're going along, you're having fun, the kids are being adorable, uncle is being charming, it's all just, you know, really, really fun, and then all of a sudden, boom, the grief strike just comes over him like a wave, or comes over one of the kids like a wave, and that is so true about real grief. You know, once you've experienced that, you know, you can be having a great day or a great moment or a great exchange with someone. And then you just you lose it a little bit. And I just thought it was amazing the way you captured that in the story.
3: Oh, thank you. But but isn't that, as you say, how grief is, you know, it would have been very easy to just write scenes of the children crying or sobbing, you know, in the corner. But I did give real thought, you know, about how, how grief really seeps into the fabric of our of ourselves and we sort of wear it on a daily basis and it, it it surprises us sometimes when it when it appears and reappears um you know and what was interesting with a character like Patrick the who is, who is the uncle character is he seems completely ill-suited and 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 out yes. of his league at first but yes. what you know, he talks to these children like little adults sometimes, which seems like the wrong thing at the beginning, but, but it actually makes him sort of the best suited person in the moment, because children, I think, can handle much more than we often give them credit for. And certainly with a, with a topic as scary as loss, you know, they don't want to be treated with kid gloves. They don't, um, you know, they, they want something to sort of, someone to be honest with them, um, to alleviate some of that fear. So, so it re- becomes a real strength for him.
2: Well, it doesn't surprise me that to learn you have nieces and nephews, because you also capture the voices of young children, which can be hard to do. So yeah, they're there. Now, are they going to get you something for Father's Day do your nieces and nephews? <laughs> do you get,
3: do you <laughs> well, get to partake? <laughs> they all have their own uh, wonderful fathers. So no, I'm not going to intrude on that. There is okay. a Gunkel's Day now in August. I think it's the second Sunday in August. So I'll have oh, to let really? them know.
0: Okay.
2: I'll have to
3: yeah. register somewhere and then let them all know. <laughs>
2: Okay. Well, I uh,
3: I do hope they forgive me. You know, God help anybody who's related to a writer. Because I'm sure there's a few details from the kids that I, that I picked up from them. But you know, the book is dedicated to them. So I hope to to the extent that I took any details from their lives, I hope they forgive me.
1: Well, you know, Leanne is a novelist, and she swears that none of the sisters in her current book, which is about sisters, are us, Stephen. But there are a few things that sound a little familiar. <laughs> yes, yes. The names have been changed. The names have been
3: changed. <laughs> right. right. Well, you know that's how that's how uh, the editor came about. You know, you mentioned that as yeah. well. My my book from 2019, which my my debut novel, Lily and the Octopus, was was a deeply autobiographical book. But I I changed the names of you know the characters. But some characters are really difficult to disguise. I'm thinking. Um, Mom comes to mind. Somehow, <laughs> somehow readers cracked that code. Uh, I don't know how they did it. But, uh, but so, you know, the editor was very much a, a story about, about writing autobiographical fiction, fiction, in this case, about the character's uh, own mother and what that does to their relationship.
2: Yeah, and the editor in this case is Jackie Onassis. If you haven't read that book, so it's just wonderful. I loved it. I, I hear that it's. Are they going to make a movie of that? Is that what I read on your Instagram page this week? Or what's yes, happening? Yes,
3: it's true. In fact, uh, all three books are in development as as feature films, and and I'm very I'm very fortunate that ho- Hollywood has taken notice, and uh, it's so much fun. But particularly in the case of the the editor right now, the idea of casting. Uh, You know, someone to play Jacqueline Onassis, as you mentioned, is the the editor of the title for anyone not aware, she had this really incredible third act to her life where after Aristotle Onassis died, she went to work as a book editor in, in New York and, and did that for 15 years until her death and edited more than a hundred titles. So really like extraordinary thing about this woman after sublimating so much of herself to these two marriages that she went on to have this remarkable career later in life. And it's not even one of the top five things we, we think about her. Yeah, so, right the idea of finding an actress to play her at that time of her life where she was out of the shadow of these two men and really, um, you know, being a success in her own right is, uh, is very exciting.
0: Who do you have? Who do you think it's going to be?
3: Oh, well, I, I am open to suggestion, but I, but I, there, there are a couple names that I have, you know, uh, uh, on the top of my list. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer is one who is exactly the right age and, oh. uh, I think she's she's extraordinary you know jessica lang i think you know has that sort of breathy quality that we associate yeah. with with jackie right. yes. um julianne moore i think it'd be there's there's a there's a lot of, of women i think who could be truly remarkable
2: so all the best actresses any <laughs> of all the best actresses sure
3: yeah 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 <laughs> Well, the great thing about the editor is that the mom is such a great character yes. too. So there's two really great roles for women who are say 60 and um, that, you know, the, those actresses are entirely underserved for good material. So uh, it's exciting to be able to, to work perhaps with two of them.
2: All right. Well, we're going to keep, right, I'm going to keep my eye on that. Cause I really enjoyed that book. Um, Stephen. we have a huge question to ask you because um, after reading your book, I became uh, really caftan curious. Okay. <laughs> no. So I, I had been watching Halston and I had been watching hacks and then I read your book and I thought I got to get in this caftan thing. Uh, so I purchased an entry level caftan, you know, cause mm-hmm. I'm short and I just, I wanted to make sure I could pull off the style style, but you are a caftan believer. So any tips, like how do you wear yours? How should I be enjoying my caftan?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, caftans are the most comfortable things to wear for reading. So put one on when you curl up with a book. Absolutely. I'm in Palm Springs, California, where, you know, it's going to hit 115, 116 degrees this week. You do not want a lot of heavy clothes clinging to your skin. So a caftan is a perfect uh Everything. patrick the character in the gunkel is fond of wearing them he has a caftan closet i may have a caftan closet uh <laughs> as well uh, so uh in fact i just posted a caftan photo on instagram and somebody someone already commented and said please discuss this with satellite sisters so,
0: oh my god I'm,
3: oh, I'm so glad that this has come up um <laughs>
1: Yeah. Because I mean, grief, I, I grief highly recommend yeah.
3: for everyone. Yeah, I have a I have an after sun caftan and after yeah an after swim caftan a, a night an evening caftan a reading caftan. Yeah, I have one for all occasions.
2: Now yeah. my concern yeah. was being near an open flame with mine, with barbecuing <laughs> or cooking. Like yeah, the- barbecuing
3: is probably not. Okay. Advisable, especially in the evenings here when the when the wind tends to pick up in the desert in the evening. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to stand next to the grill, I'm sure.
2: Okay. Well, you're an experienced captain wear, so I'm gonna take what you say. Very I, yeah, seriously. at that point okay. I might
3: be sure to belt it to hold it down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. All right. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today on Satellite Sisters. Best of luck with the Gunkle. We loved it. It's on our summer's best beach bag books list. Thank you for being here. We love talking to you.
3: This has been a joy. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Happy Gunkle's Day when that rolls around. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters. And you know, we love pros. Pros is the custom hair care system that is truly made to order. And we are big proponents of pros here at Satellite Sisters. Thank you, pros, for supporting us and for supporting our hair goals. I mean, Julie, I am trying to get my hair in shape for my book tour, which starts in a little bit. I am going to be out and about. I'm going to be walking into rooms. I've got to get going. I got to make sure the hair looks good because people are looking. What do you think, Jill? Give me your honest assessment of my my pros' progress. Leon, I'm looking at your
0: hair on the screen, and it looks great. It's it's full of body. It's bouncy. Whoa, look at that. Just when you zhuzh it up like that, it's amazing. I mean, you don't have any of that dryness you used to have in your hair, you know? Uh, you make me a little jealous, Leon. You got some good-looking hair going there. Thank you. You know what? I have seen a giant
2: difference since I've been on the whole pros regime. I take the hair vitamins that are, you know, specifically prescribed for me. Uh, they, I took the hair quiz. They analyzed my hair type. They know where I live. They know uh, in terms of the weather. They know how how often I go swimming. They know this. They know that. I take the vitamins. I use the shampoo, the conditioner, the uh, post-leave-in conditioner when I'm in a really dry place or it's the winter season. And I do think I'm making a lot of progress. Thank you, Julie. I I appreciate that. Uh, If you want to make progress with your hair, check out Prose Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Okay, so that's great. 50% off your first subscription order, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash sisters. And pros, you know, is P-R-O-S-E pros.com slash sisters for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Thanks pros. Thanks for my hair. Okay. I, I know we talked more about caftans and I know we're not going to devote every show to kaftans, but Stephen has some pretty premium caftan uh, yes. uh, images on his Instagram, if you want to follow him. But speaking of premium caftan images, I just have to acknowledge Laurel who posted that group photo of 10 people, her 10 <laughs> friends at their, at their retreat in caftans one of her friends bought 10 caftans and then they male female they staged a photo shoot uh they were playing what were they playing miniature golf no what were the
0: where it, <laughs> it was okay Croquet. okay croquet, croquet. Croquet.
2: Yeah. croquet and wearing caftans it was the greatest photo ever thank you laurel for posting that you're an inspiration so that was
1: so inspirational laurel i got off of that
2: yeah so we're not going to talk about caftans every day every week this summer but you know it's fun to just follow up one last time. Um no, but Captain
1: I'll Photos in the Facebook group. I, bring the them season. on! Ab- absolutely, yeah.
2: bring on as yeah. many as you've got. I say, okay. All right. You heard Liz and Julie. Bring them on. (laughs) Um, I wanted to mention a couple things about the Sweeney Sisters. One is a task that you can do a favor. I have a favor to ask. And the other is a contest. You can win stuff. But uh, a reminder, there are two Sweeney Sisters book clubs in June. One on June 16th at 7 p.m. Pacific. And one on june 23rd at 7 p.m eastern so um, those are at crowdcast and i've spread the links everywhere they're at my website they're at satellite sisters website all of our social media those are free fun and informal we have quite a crowd for the 16th and the 23rd is shaping up to be a really fun group too so i would love to have you if you've read the book and want to discuss it or your book club is reading the book Fun, free, informal, easy to do. Just, you just need an email to register. Um, Okay, here's the favor. Uh, and, And this was inspired by a book club, a wonderful book club I did in Huntsville, Alabama last week. Someone asked me about reviews and they said, I don't understand why you have so many good reviews on Amazon but that bad review is the one at the top. Okay, I'll just be honest. It's, it drives authors crazy.
1: Mm. So the
2: way, like if you bought your book at Amazon, you get your rate and review it and that's fine. And I know not everybody's gonna love the book and that's fine, but I have almost 800 reviews at Amazon. It's like a four and a half star book at Amazon. Yeah, yeah. But the is. one really terrible review is right at the top because people like it. People, you know, click that thing that says, was this review helpful? And so I'm just going to ask if you bought on Amazon a copy, just like, the other reviews that aren't that (laughs) terrible review. Okay, so I don't have to go. Every time I go to like check my ranking.
0: How do you do that, you just go to a good review of your book? Yes,
2: a four or five star review is great. I'm not picky. You don't have to do only the five stars. I appreciate any positive review. And what that will do is more likes on the good reviews will drop that bad review down. It's a tiny thing, but it makes me crazy. And I was reminded how crazy it makes me last week when the book club asked (laughs) asked about it. So, so, but you, because Amazon only allows verified purchasers to review, um, it Mm -hmm. has to be someone who bought a copy of the Sweeney sisters in any format on Amazon to do that. Just a tiny, lots of listeners did
1: lots of listeners did. So yeah, this is
2: easy. People it's super easy that. to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, last night I just went in for the first time and did. I took like 30 seconds. So that's, that's all. That's the tiny favor. Okay, now here's the fun contest. Um, you know, there's a big scene in the Sweeney Sisters. Well, if you've read it, you know there's a big scene in the Sweeney Sisters built around the 4th of July. So oh, yeah. I wanted to do a contest built around the 4th of July to Good celebrate idea. summer reading and to mm-hmm. celebrate, you know, that the book is out in paperback. So what I would love is your photos on Instagram using of the book, wherever you see it. I've had people send me, you know, photos of the book in bookstores. Someone, a friend of mine texted me a photo in her library in upstate New York the other day. And that's what inspired it. Like Sweeney's in the wild. That's oh. the hashtag hashtag oh, Sweeney's like in the wild and Sweeney's is S W E E N E Y S. So Sweeney's in the wild, uh, just post it on Instagram on your page with that hashtag. You can tag me if you want, that'd be great. Uh, but if you use that hashtag, um, I'm excited. I'm going to give 10 runners up copies of you're the best i'm going to mail oh, it to you Our that's book. a good book yeah that's a yeah you're the best and a sweeney sisters book plate for you to have and one grand prize winner will get one of the few remaining satellite sisters solid gold pashminas okay oh. i don't even have one of those
1: no so. i know <laughs> i know that is a deluxe item it's you don't see them in the wild very often no
2: so the one grand prize winner that i'm gonna pick on july 3rd will get a satellite sisters cashmere pashmina and a copy of you're the best so that's it just if you see the book if you have it in your home if you've already taken a photo put it on instagram that helps me if you want to say a few nice things about the book on your post I'm not going to object to that. Um, that would be great. But even if you found it at the library or in an indie bookstore somewhere, whatever it is, hashtag Sweeney's in the wild from today until July 3rd. And then I'll pick um, pick the 11 winners.
1: Okay? okay? Does that sound good? That's that exciting. That sounds fun. Man. Yes. Okay, and we'll put, we'll put this info in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. So if people, you know, if you weren't scribbling down notes about what Leah needs you to do or the fun contest, it'll be in the show notes. Yes, and won't you this, put it in the
0: pep talk too, Leah?
2: Yes. Pep talk. It's already on, uh, the, I'll put it on the satellite sisters, Instagram page as well. There's a hint to it on our Instagram pages. This is an Instagram contest.
1: Yeah. Okay. So okay. that
2: just want to be clear.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so it's time for entertaining sisters and I might as well start with Instagram as long as we're talking Instagram and as long as we're talking pashminas, we got a hot tip. On a great Instagram uh, channel. And we got it from our friend Ryan Roberts, who is the fashion designer who helped us with the Pashminas. That's right. so, so it all comes full circle. We did a little thank you dinner on Saturday night um, for Ryan to thank him for being so helpful um, in helping us get those pashminas, pashminas embroidered and out. And he was saying his latest obsession is uh, an Instagram channel called. Your Cheap Dream Mansion. And the reason I wanted to pass this along is because a few weeks ago on the show, I recommended the television show Escape to the Chateau. Correct. and Which is about this British couple that buys like a rundown chateau in France and fixes it up. And so Donna, listener Donna, had just put a comment in the Facebook group saying, I took the Satellite Sisters advice and watched this fun and crazy show, Escape to the Chateau. It's a reality show about people actually buying rundown down chateaus. They have no idea how much work or money it will take. So she highly recommended it. And I had told Ryan months ago, I had recommended this to him. So as a result of falling for Escape to the Chateau, he had now fallen for your cheap dream mansion. So if you go there sisters, it's all of these villas and chateaus and kind of exotic buildings all over the world. Like if you're looking for something Overlooking the Aegean Sea, but you might, you know, might take a little bit of elbow grease to uh, to make it your dream mansion. And you're just in the market for a cheap dream mansion. It's all that kind of stuff. Julie, maybe something in the Loire Valley. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might, maybe the aging models could just move in to a chateau and slowly renovate it. Anyway, so there it is. It's on Instagram. Your cheap dream mansion. Now there are plenty of other things called your dream mansion don't go there. It's demoralizing. You can't afford it. No, don't, don't even bother. Do not fall for that. But your cheap dream mansion is on Instagram and then it's also on Facebook. But as long as we're talking about Instagram and participating in, uh, in the Sweeney sisters contest, while you're there, go, go follow your cheap dream mansion. It's hilarious. Um, and it's just like one of those fantasy things, you know, but better than Zillow because it's much more far-fetched. So that, that's, <laughs> that's what I like. Good, about one. It. Good one. Yeah. Okay. So then the other entertaining sisters, as we mentioned at the top of the show, it's Olympic trials season. Now you like me may already be watching the swimming trials and Lee and we were reminiscing the other night about the year that we the trials were being held in Long Beach, California at this temporary beautiful outdoor pool that they built and how much fun it was to go to the Olympic trials. Remember? It was fantastic. Yeah. The Olympic. Yeah. It was Michael Phelps's
2: first Olympics. So we saw him qualify. Yeah, it was yes. fun. Super fun. So,
1: so this weekend, the track and field trials start uh, at the newly renovated renovated hayward field in eugene oregon and i've mentioned that i'm working on a track and field marketing project i've been working on it for about two years it was all about getting people excited about track and field starting with this with the olympic trials and then the olympics and then next year the world championships are coming to hayward field in the united states but so this weekend june 18th through 27th is how they pick the team that goes to the tokyo olympics and If you know anything about track and field, and I'm not assuming you do, um, making the U.S. team is harder than winning an Olympic medal. It is the toughest team in the world to make. The U.S. athletes are so great in most of these events that watching the Olympic trials could very well be the best track meet you will ever see. And it's covered on NBC, on all kinds of, it's on Peacock, it's on NBC Sports Network, it's on the network. You're just gonna have to look it up yourself in your guide exactly (laughs) when and where. But June 18th through 27th. And what happens at the U.S. Olympic trials is the top three finishers in each event make the team as long as they have their their events qualifying standards. In other words, you could be in the top three, but the Olympic World Athletics has a standard that in order to compete in this event, you must run this fast or jump this high. So you have to be in the top three and you have to make the Olympic standard. So it's tense. It's very tense. Yes, it's tense. Uh, Yeah. And so they pick the top three in individual events. And then for the relay events, which are always so thrilling in the Olympics. I love those. They're so great, aren't they? They, So that's a four by 100 and a four by 400. The coaches select a pool of six athletes. And then they choose the four that are actually going to run in the moment. Anyway, so I'm going to give you some top athletes to watch, especially Satellite Sisters on the Track. That's what we're, that's what we're calling this segment, Satellite Sisters on the Track. <laughs> there, are some, there are some great men that will be competing. You should watch Noah Lyles in the 200. You should watch Michael Norman in the 400. And uh, you should watch Rye Benjamin in the 400-meter hurdles. But here are the top Satellite Sisters on the Track. Well, Allison Felix, come on. yeah, uh, Allison Felix is just like such a great champion. I think she's, she's 35 years old. Yeah. She gave birth to her daughter Cameron in November of 2018, and she had health complications. So she's become a really great advocate for causes related to maternity and female athletes. And so she could compete in the 200 and the 400, and she could really still be a factor, which is amazing. Now, Alison Felix already has six gold and three silver medals in over four Olympics. So this would be her fifth and final games. So uh, watch for Allison Felix. Next, at the young end of the spectrum, Shikari Richardson. So she's easy to spot because she's got the bright blue hair and trademark super long fingernails. She runs the 100, so just super fast. Uh, She's young, she's fast, she's cool, she's amazing. So uh, watch for Shikari Richardson. Then Here's the, here's the best head-to-head matchup. Because don't we love those? When you yeah, know yeah, they're yeah, like yes. the head-to-head. That's exciting. Yeah. Okay, 400-meter hurdles. Dalila Muhammad is the current world record holder. Now, she set the world record, a new world record, twice in 2019. At the U.S. National Championship, she broke the world record. And then two months later, at the World Championships, she broke it again. So that's Dalila Muhammad. She's from Los Angeles. She's great. Lovely person. But... Sydney McLaughlin oh. um, came in second at the world championships. Leon, do you remember yeah. we saw Sydney McLaughlin compete in the Rio Olympics? The Rio Olympics, that was only eight days after her 17th birthday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we saw her compete in the 400 meter hurdles. And then as we were leaving the stadium, she was like standing there. She looked like a, she had like a backpack on. She was like a school kid waiting for the bus to pick her up. Remember? <laughs> yes, I do now that you say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dalila Muhammad and Sydney McLaughlin, both of them super exciting head to head. That's a great one to watch. And the last one I'm going to mention is Vashtai Cunningham, because High Jump is a, is an event that I never really had an appreciation for until I went to enough track meets to like sit right next to the high jump and really watch how hard what they do hard. It's so high. It's so high. (laughs) Yeah. So Vashti Cunningham, she is the daughter of former NFL quarterback Randall Cunningham, Julie. Oh, oh, okay, You got to love that. And Randall Cunningham is also her coach. So she's got the dad coach. She also was in Rio in 2016. She was 18 years old the first time she competed uh, in Rio. And uh, but she's now ranked fourth in the world. She won a bronze in the 2019 World Championships, so it will be super interesting to see her compete. So there you go. Allison Felix, Shikari Richardson, Dalila Muhammad, Sydney McLaughlin, and Vashti Cunningham. Satellite sisters on the track.
0: Oh, Liz, <laughs> we, can... don't need, we don't need NBC commentators. I know. So I think I'm going to turn the, turn it on mute and just re-listen to this section of the podcast. Yeah.
1: And Julie, I am just barely touching the list of great American athletes that are competing in in track and field, especially the women, are just so fantastic and so fun to watch. It'll It'll be fun. So if you want to get in the mood for the Olympics, you do that by watching the trials, people, because then you know who you're rooting for in the Olympics, right? You can pick your favorites. So there you go. And be still. if
2: you had it sounds like you have that all written down. So yes. t- can you send it to me? I'll put it in pep talk this week. Oh, sure. Connect yeah, yeah, it yeah. with their Instagram account so people okay. can follow along. I would so be that, happy that, to send that along. A kid that my son ran with in elementary school qualified for the five thousand and ten thousand
1: meters. So he's gonna wow. be wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable.
1: Wow. Robert Brandt. Mm-hmm. And oh, one, then, other, one other piece of good news about the Olympic trials at the very last minute, because of the high vaccination rates in Oregon, they're allowed to have a lot of spectators. A month great. ago, great. it didn't look like they were going to have any, but it looks like they're going to be allowed to have like 12,000 people there, um, or up to 12,000 people, I should say. So it makes it more fun to watch, right?
2: Yeah. Um, I should also mention, we got contacted, I mean, Lori, longtime Satellite Sister Lori contacted us on behalf of her daughter, Olympian Cat Holmes. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) Lori's just doing a little PR work for her daughter, Cat. Good work, Mom. (laughs) I (laughs) mean. she's i think she said she's really a lawyer but uh she just thought we we seem to so enjoy the olympics her daughter kat is a two-time olympian qualified was in rio she is a fencer she's on the united states ah. fencing team she competes in the epay i believe is how you say E-P-E-P. didn't you go to a fencing competition last
1: round yes yes
2: Yes. The, yes. So it was very exciting to see fencing in person, to be part of the fencing lifestyle they, they love. Fencers, <laughs> fencers are a little kooky and competitive, and it's just a whole lifestyle. So her daughter, Lori, heard that podcast. She thought we would want to know. Oh, we want to know. And so we're going to talk to Kat before she takes off for Tokyo. Um, but we're going to have a whole Olympic special on 720 on the, on, in, in July, right before they start. But we will be talking to our Olympian, Cat Holmes, on the U.S. fencing team. Seriously, though, I think there might be one other member of the Satellite Sisterhood whose child's qualified for the Olympics. So mm-hmm. please let us know. We want to know if you have any relatives
1: that are going to the Olympics. Yeah, so we can root them. for them. to so support
2: them and mention them on the air and root for them. So yes. let our us e- Our
1: email address is hello at satellitesisters.com. So you can just email us if you or anyone in your family is competing in the Olympics. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Right. We shouldn't Could be you. No one, No one in our
1: family is competing. No. 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 <laughs> um,
0: okay. All right. We're
2: winding
1: it up here. Liz, you had some reviews you want to read? oh yeah i just had one review i wanted to shout out you know we really do um we're very grateful when you post reviews of satellite sisters either at apple podcasts or spotify or whatever app you listen on so this is one because it helps new people find our show which we're always interested in so here's a review posted by this is not a real word i can pronounce but let's just say jnk wordy ulip uh something like that but she she is a landscape artist in texas and in steamboat springs colorado julie aha, uh-huh. wow but she's been in texas for the whole pandemic and so her normal workouts were not working out for her the normal thing she did so she started walking and she explains all of that in the review and then she says a friend told me about this podcast and i decided i would take up walking and listen to podcasts i didn't even know what a podcast was. Pleasantly surprised it's on my phone. Magic. (laughs) I really detest just walking so slow, but these gals have made it bearable. And after a couple of weeks, it does seem like my clothes fit better. And oh my God, I was laughing so loud from the caftan issue this week that people were giving me looks. (laughs) Noise canceling headphones don't help with that problem. I'm now looking forward to working my way backwards through them. And thanks, ladies, for all the current events. I'm sending your ideas in to my book club, XXXOOO. So wow, that's so nice. Thank you so much. That's so nice. But the key message here, Julie, uh, is that she got she's brand new to podcast. She got turned on by a satellite sister. So that's what we're talking about, people turn your friends on. (laughs) That's, you know, your friends need the the sisterhood too. So thank you to whoever turned her on to podcasts in general and Satellite Sisters in particular. We are very grateful for everyone who spreads the word.
2: All right. We would like to thank uh, a few people. Thank you, Sergio Enriquez, for putting our show together today. Always a lot of stitching uh, backstage. Sometimes. Sometimes we go straight through. Not so much this show. So thank you very much, Sergio. Thanks to Emily Loudermilk, who does our graphic design. If you want to see Emily's fun graphics, please follow us on Instagram. We post them every week. She always takes what strikes her in the show and creates great visuals from it. And we appreciate it. We love we love seeing her designs come in on Tuesday afternoon. So fun. We'd like, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thank you, all longtime sponsors. And we appreciate you and we appreciate the listeners who support our sponsors. It really does. Does uh, keep our show alive. All right, Julie, what's on your to do list for this week?
0: I, I am going to watch the Westminster Dog Show, which was last week. And here's the reason why I'm going to watch it is because I was out walking my dog Oliver and I ran into one of my, I would just say a dog walking friend. I don't know this guy. He looks like a grateful deadhead. Um, and we have, you know, always said um, said hello in the morning. But he stopped me and he said, Did you see the Westminster Dog Show? And I said, No. He said that. Pekingese named Wasabi that won, mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. Said it was fixed. That <laughs> right. Fixed.
1: Okay. That's what my
0: Grateful Deadhead okay. friend said. So I'm going to track it down. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Uh, Grateful Deadhead said, you know, the Labrador's were uh, marvelous and they mm-hmm. should have won. That's mm-hmm. what he said. <laughs> okay. He doesn't have a lab. So okay. I'm going to watch the Westminster dog show. All right.
1: Okay. 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 Liz, how about you? <laughs> Okay, well, tonight at my house, sisters, it's super exciting. It is the opening of the sauerkraut. Oh, Um, wow. And (laughs) I forgot you made sauerkraut last week. Julie, I didn't tell you this yet. Last week, you know, during the current unpleasantness, I've been getting a farm box every week. And sometimes just a giant thing of a certain vegetable arrives and I don't know what to do with it. So I had this giant head of cabbage. I was like, what am I going to, it's like a single girl cannot eat that much cabbage. Uh, What am I going to do with the cabbage? So I thought, okay, let's make sauerkraut. So
0: it's great.
1: Do you know that sauerkraut is like the world's easiest thing to make? You literally just chop the cabbage, put it in a bowl, put some salt in it, and then massage it. It gives up all of its liquids. And then you stuff that in a mason jar. And then you cover that. So that's, that's what I did last week. It's all been in the mason jar. You have to let it sit for three or four or five days. So tonight, tonight is the opening of the sauerkraut. That's okay,
0: Liz, <laughs> can't wait. i excited.
2: I can't believe you just gave a sauerkraut recipe on there. <laughs>
1: that, that's well, a, that's a for- lot
2: of change in 20 years, yes. Liz. A lot
1: of change. <laughs> hey. See, every once in a while, every once in a while, I think I didn't learn anything during the pandemic. I have no new good habits. I've just squandered all this time. But I realize that's not true because now I can make sauerkraut. Mm, okay. There you go, Liz. There you go. All
2: right. I would like to wish all the fathers and the men in the Satellite Sisterhood, the Satellite Misters, as we call them, a happy Father's Day. Thanks for everything you do as role models and parents and great uncles and teachers and coaches. If you're out there and you're supporting a kid, we appreciate it. Happy Father's Day to you. All right, sisters. Have a great week. You too, too, man. don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.